Hi everyone, welcome to episode 60 of the Because Why Not podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that this is the 60th episode. I feel so happy and proud and so grateful to all of you who have been listening along and who are here with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, because it really helps me to rise up and be found by more people and more women who might benefit from these messages that I share here. Please also pass this podcast along to any friends or women in your life who you think might benefit. I appreciate you so much and hope you're hanging in there and making it through this long month of January and I'm sending you lots of love. Enjoy the episode. Good morning. I'm coming to you from a cold gray morning. It's wet and dreary outside and very, very January-like here in North Carolina, Um, but I've gotten my kids off to school and my husband has the door shut upstairs and is folding laundry, which is amazing. If you have a partner who folds laundry, I'm so happy for you because it's the greatest thing ever. And um, I put the dog in his crate so he thinks it's nap time and hopefully we can Um, have a little quiet time here together. I've got my coffee and it's just so nice. I just appreciate quiet mornings at home um, so much because they really are fewer and farther between right now, which I'm sure is the case for so many of you too. Um, And so today I want to talk about what we have in common. And what I mean by that is this demographic of women, um, you know, that we are, and I'm making a generalization because I don't know who all of you are, but I know who I'm coaching and I know who I'm, um, working on or hoping to, um, coach more what, who the audience is, or that's what I've been really working on finding and who I've been talking to, um, in order to kind of get my message out there more clearly so that I can attract the people that I truly believe I'm able to help in a meaningful way. And so what that means to me is, um, or who I believe that to be, um, are busy working women in their forties, mostly moms. Most of you are moms. Um, some of you are not. And when I say working, I mean working, you know, someone said to me, I love that you refer to me as working because you know, I don't bring any income home. And I said, we're not quantifying things. You know, you sit on a board, you volunteer and teach classes, you run your household, you do everything for your children because your husband works so much and you've taken on that role. That is work. That is work you know? And I laughed and I said, you know, I'm a good example of someone who brings home currently not very much money. And I work a ton. We're not quantifying things right now. We are all doing what we can, right? And it, all of it keeps us busy. All of it keeps us busy. We are busy working women and mothers. So yeah. So 
you are my people. And, um, through this kind of coaching journey of mine, I've, I've known in my heart who my people are, but I've been just finding my way of creating my message and putting it out there. And truly the message comes from me. And I, I really like, I hesitate often to use this word because it sounds like such a buzzword and can sound so trite, but the messages that I put out there come from me in a very authentic way. You know, I'm not crafting things. Um, how do I say this? I'm not constructing and crafting things in a way that is, um, superficial or sort of fabricated in order to reach the right people at the right time. Um, it really is that these messages bubble up from within me. There are things that I experience and then I share because I believe it can be of benefit or help to other women like me. So that's sort of how the coaching has grown and the Instagram has grown and how I do these podcasts because I am one of you we have these things in common. I am a busy working mother in my forties. I turn 45 in two months. I have gone through a huge personal transformation, all of this personal development. As you know, if you listen to this or, you know, pay attention to my Instagram, which by the way is at I am Grace Beeson. Um, And you know, I've been sober for almost two years and that's a big part of my story and all these things that I've undergone, which, which kind of, um, did not happen to me by design, you know, it sort of presented itself to me and I got on the ride and I went with it and for it. And so here I am now in a place of, um, obviously I'm continuing to grow and, and there's no end point, but I'm on the other side of this personal development journey for lack of a better word. And in a place of wanting to serve others because of what I've experienced And as simple as it sounds, I kind of didn't realize until recently that that's a thing that people go through, that there are um, so many people who are kind of having certain careers, living their lives, kind of doing their thing, and then either by choice or unwittingly find themselves on this personal development journey, whatever that means for them, and at the end of it, find themselves in a place of wanting to uh, serve others um, serve others and help people move forward in their own lives, um, based on the transformation that they experienced because of how good they feel, you know, and that is really, that really describes me. And when I started reading about that, I was like, Oh, okay. That makes so much sense. I mean, it's so simple, but it's like every now and again, I'm like, God, there are so many coaches out there and like so many people who are training coaches and like, you know, this like spirituality, um, kind of category, um, on Instagram is so huge and wow, there's so many people doing this. And by the way, let me just say, I'm sure it's no different than any other industry. Like when I was all in paying attention to wedding planners and the event world on Instagram, I said the same thing, like, oh my God, wedding planners are a dime a dozen. Like, you know, so I think in every category, interior design, you know, whatever it is, those are the three that I kind of know the best. Um, there are so many people, but, but in speaking about coaching, there are so many 
so, so, so many coaches who come to coaching after having completed something in their life or having transformed in a certain way. And I think that's, that's what I really identify with. And I think it's okay. I, I feel comfortable using the word transformation for what I've gone through. I mean, obviously I have the same heart and soul, um, as I did before. And that's always, you know, shown to me by the fact that, you know, I have the same strong relationship with my husband and my children. I have the same strong relationship with my true heart friends, you know, who I have had for so long. And, um, you know, that connection remained no matter what transformation I went through. Um, and there are relationships that have ended and that's, that's, um, emblematic. Is that the right word? Um, or in, indicative of the transformation I've gone through. So, um, but I, I feel comfortable using that word transformation because I do feel very much like I have gone through something, like I have gone through the door of some kind of portal or like I've shed many, many layers of skin or sometimes I feel like I've released a very, very heavy cloak, you know, like a really heavy coat and it's not that things don't wear, or how do I say this? Like, oh my God, I sound like Hilaria Baldwin, by the way. How you say, how you say cucumber, how you say in English. Um, <laughs> I know how to say these things, but um, what I want to make clear is that spiritually, I feel so deeply that I have released a very, very heavy coat it doesn't mean that my life in the day to day doesn't feel heavy. So I have a lot going on and things that feel like an albatross around my neck and goals that I want to achieve this year that will help release that. So for example, I refer to this a lot. Um, I have my aging mother in my life who's now in assisted care, but struggling with Alzheimer's. I am her power of attorney. I am responsible for her. I have an amazing, supportive, wonderful sister who is an equal partner. Um, but I sort of bear the burden of that mostly because of who I am. You know, I just kind of take it on and also I'm local and I'm her power of attorney. So I have to be responsible for certain things and, um, financial things and doctors and that kind of stuff in a local way. And I'm also in the midst of finishing, clearing out her house and selling it. So that's one good example of like a real life thing that I bear as a burden, um, that feels heavy. Um, but it's, it's not spiritually heavy. Um, you know, I don't want to get too far into that right now, but there is like the grieving and the loss I'm experiencing with watching my mom decline. Um, and I keep saying I'll do a podcast about it and I will. I think I'm just not strong enough yet to do that um, in that way, but I will. I will because I think talking about aging parents at this age and stage of life is so, so important and so relatable. And I am a million percent in the thick of it. And I want to be there for you and for anyone who is experiencing that in this way. Um, but it's an example of something that feels sort of like logistical and kind of weighs me down and that I feel like I will be able to release this year once I get the house sold and, you know, and I'm getting like good therapy for dealing with my grief and it serves a very different purpose than, um, than, than coaching and, um, although I do think coaching can address grief, but, um, 
you know, I can't solve this for myself, so I'm getting help. And that's a great thing. Um, so other life things that are challenging that, um, that, you know, remain challenging, even though I'm spiritually free, you know, it's still, it's still, um, a daily grind. You know, there's a lot to do for the kids. Again, I have a very supportive equal partner, so I am not the only one who does the logistical things for the kids. I'm not the only one who signs up for camps or sports. I'm not the only one who shops or does laundry. I mean, I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of that. And I know from speaking to so many women that, that I have a sort of more equal partner in that way, a partner who feels more like a sister wife in that way. And I use that term a lot. I joke with people like we need a sister wife because it's true. I mean, women multitask in a way that is very unique to being women. Um, And we do by and large bear the brunt of the household duties. And that weighs really, really heavily on, on us. Um, So, but I still have day-to-day things that feel heavy and, you know, because of my personality and being sort of more, sort of more type A and I like to be in control and I'm very intense, you know, these are personality traits of mine. Um, You know, things weigh heavily on me because I have a hard time just letting things go. Like if there are things on the to-do list, I like to get them done. Um, But... What I'm coming around to here is that despite all of the big things on the to-do list and things that can sort of feel heavy that I need to get done, um, two things. One, I have gone through this personal transformation, which has allowed me to go so deep over so many months about how I feel and what I want and you know, that I've chosen to live my life from a really heart-centered, authentic place where I care more about how I feel than what other people think of me. I seek internal validation more than external validation. And I prioritize myself as much as I can in my very busy life as I raise children, as I build a business, as I have other jobs to help contribute financially, as I care for my aging mother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have a lot on my plate, but if I what currently, which I hope to let go of a lot of it this year, and that's my plan, but with so much on my plate, I am still by and large, okay, because I'm so spiritually fit. Does that make sense? So I've done all of this work that has allowed me to be in such a solid place in my heart and soul that I'm able to more effectively move through my very busy, demanding life. You know, it occurred to me yesterday that I am so kind of spiritually fit, and I love that term, spiritual fitness. That's one that that my friend Courtney shared with me, which I just love. I love that term. Um you know, I am so spiritually fit and I am so, I am managing so many difficult things on my plate right now that I can only imagine how sort of happy and content I'll f- and free I'll feel um, when I have less on my plate, you know, because like the groundwork is all there, you know, I'm like ready to, to be the like unicorn with rainbows flying out of my ass, um, 
you know, just kind of living my best life. Um, when I let go of some more things on my plate, but right now my time is limited. Um, I face a lot of demands every day, things I want to do, things I don't want to do as much, things I have to do. Um, but what I know how to do is prioritize myself and I know how to prioritize myself without feeling guilt or mom guilt or shame or, um, you know, and, and it's not perfect. I'm a mom. Of course, there are times where I feel guilty for wanting to put myself first. Um, but I also have, you know, I use this word a lot and I realize that this has really risen to the top of what we as busy working women in our forties, um, really need. I want to use that term. It's, it's maybe what we don't realize we want to embrace, but we need to embrace. And that is a willingness, a willingness to prioritize ourselves, a willingness to do what we want to do and what we need to do. Um, of course, within reason, you know, we don't want to hurt the people that we love. Um, but, but it's about taking time for ourselves and really to use that term you've heard so much, like, you know, filling up our bucket in a way that allows us to be the best for ourselves and for everyone else in our lives. Um, because when we don't, when we prioritize everyone else first, and we make everyone else's needs more important than our own, it doesn't go well, right? Like, how is that working for you? If that is how you are moving through life, how is that working for you? If you're putting everyone else first consistently, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Okay. So I've been focusing in on who my audience is for Grace Beeson coaching, for transformational coaching for women. And I've been doing all of this audience research with this cross section of women in their 40s in my life and friends of the women in my life. And it's First of all, I feel such deep gratitude for all of you who have shared so openly with me, um, you know, and I've just taken first names and ages and it's all confidential for the purpose of helping me grow and learn and, and help people more. Um, so I'm so appreciative. Um, and I, I'm really honored to, uh, receive all this information from women who share so openly how they're feeling in their lives and what they want out of life. And so, you know, what I've found is so surprising and also not surprising at all. And that is that there are so many ribbons that run through all of our stories. You know, I'm such a visual person. I see things in colors and pictures in my mind. Um, and what I see with all these stories I've heard and read and all these conversations that I've had in interviewing people is I see this like beautiful silk ribbon that connects all of the stories. There are so many commonalities, you know, we may live in different parts of the country, you know, I've spoken to people all over the country. Um, 
you know, I will say, cause I think it's important to say this, that I have spoken primarily to white women. Um, and, and, uh, that truly is a function of, of, um, most of the women that I'm in touch with, it's, it's not a choice, you know, it just sort of is what it is in my world. Um, you know, obviously I, I do have friends who are people of color, but, um, actually not who are in this demographic. And, um, I would love to coach more women of color because it allows me to help obviously more people, but I'd also love to learn more about, um, those individual circumstances. However, I do know that I am a white woman and that allows me to coach, um, my demographic in a meaningful way because I've lived that same experience. Does that make sense? So, um, I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Um, okay. So yeah, there's this ribbon that runs through all of our stories even though we're in different parts of the country, even though we may have one child or four children or somewhere in between, even though we may have a full-time nine to five job or a part-time job, a virtual job, an in-person job, or that we may be busy with something that doesn't bring in income, but we, um, serve on a board or, or run a board or we, um, teach or we, you know, teaching is a job. I don't mean that, but I have, I have people who teach for volunteer, um, or people who, um, you know, are looking for work right now. So people who are financially abundant, people who are much more financially insecure, people who are, um, starting new careers at midlife, very much like what I have done, um, and who are taking that leap of faith or people who are seeking a change after 20 years or 20 plus years doing something. So, but here's what we have in common. Here's what I found that we have in common. There are all these words that come up with everyone and it's here are some of the following or what they are. Self-doubt, fear, worry over our children's future, um, desire for security. So a lot of times that means financial, um, desire for a partner who contributes equally. And that mostly has come across as women bearing the brunt of the workload in the home and sort of being, I call it the cruise director, but also the captain, you know, you're holding the clipboard, you have all the information and you're telling people what to do. Like it won't get done unless you do it. And that's another really sort of interesting tangent to go on or thing to, to talk about, because there also has to be a willingness for women for the cruise directors and captains of the boat, which so often are the women and the moms, there has to be a willingness to delegate because just doing it all and making yourself crazy by doing it all, um, doesn't serve anyone, you know? And I do know that there's also this common sense that if she doesn't do it, that it won't get done. Or if she doesn't do it, it won't get done well. So there's a willingness to delegate, right? But then to also know that if it doesn't get done the way you want it to get done, that there's like 
you know, the piece of like having to be okay with that. And I know that's really hard. And I think that so many of the women that I speak to are so much like me. We are by nature doers. We are high achieving. We are type A. We are really driven. I mean, it's, I think, sort of like attracts like. And I think a lot of those are really, um, really, really positive qualities. But they can also weigh us down because we set very high expectations for ourselves and our families. Um, so yeah, so this sense of being, um, overextended, maxed out of, um, being in charge of too much of what's going on in the home, you know, in addition to what you're doing, um, for your work, whether or not you're bringing in an income, um, so what else do we have in common? Our relationships with ourselves are very important to us, but many of us feel that our relationships with ourselves have, um, been in the backseat for years as we raise children and we feel dissatisfied with our relationship with ourselves, or we feel disappointed by it, or we know that it's not something that we are prioritizing. And we don't know how to do that without feeling guilt or without this sense of we all have this sense or many of us have this sense that if we were to prioritize ourselves, even if even if in a small way on a day to day basis that, you know, the people around us would be like, what, what are you talking about? You need to do something for yourself. And it's so interesting how many women feel that way. And actually that's a real problem because it shows that there's been this consistent lack of her, I'll just say of her prioritizing herself, right? So that when she chooses to do that, everyone's like, what do you mean you have needs? So, um, yeah, so that's, that's a real issue. Someone, um, I spoke to who has younger children, um, said something that I thought was so um, just, I don't know what the right word is prescient or just, I really felt it that she was saying she's always had such a strong relationship with herself and, and been so connected with who she is and what she wants out of life that having young children and being everything to everyone all the time, um, and feeling that disconnected from herself is very disorienting. And I thought that word was just so right on. You know, I felt so much that way, probably for the first five years of my kids' life when they were, um, you know, under two years apart and it was go, go, go all the time. And certainly for that time period where my body was not my own and like, you know, I was feeding humans to keep them alive and, you know, giving my body to babies and to my husband and all of that. And I was like, what's left for me? Like, who am I? I'm just sort of like a piece of meat kind of. Um, and I do think that can be very disorienting for women and you feel sort of like you've lost your compass. Um, and it grows and changes as your kids get older, because if you don't reconnect with yourself, um, you may not be breastfeeding someone or have someone climbing your physical body all day wanting something, but your kids have needs and their needs grow and change and actually become, I believe, more complex because they're very emotional. You know, um, the needs become, become very, very sort of real life needs and concerns to consider and 
all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so our relationships with ourselves are very important to us. Um, by and large, we are not prioritizing ourselves in the way that we want to. It does feel like by and large women are taking time to exercise and prioritize themselves in that way, but that it sort of stops there and that there, um, if there are things that they're doing, like let's say going away on a weekend with friends or even going to dinner with friends or hiding in their bedroom to watch Bravo, there's this sense of even though I want this time and it's going to make me feel good, I'm unable to do it with without feeling a sense of guilt at um, what I'm leaving behind and that I'm doing this for myself rather than doing what they want for me to do. Um, So it's really that general umbrella of like putting other people first. And also what I think is very unique to the way we were raised and to women of our generation, that we, for whatever reason, were taught to put people first. We were taught that it was... um, really, really important to serve others and to sort of, not just that, because I don't know that I was raised to serve others and have that be of the utmost importance. I was definitely raised to focus on my own future and my future success and kind of take care of myself in that way. But it wasn't in a way of self-care and prioritizing myself in order that I feel good. It was all about external stuff. Um, Someone articulated this sense of Um, believing that she was a good person if she didn't have needs, that sort of that was the cultural lesson that she was taught. Like, if there's nothing, quote unquote, wrong with you and you don't need anything, then you are good. You're a good girl and you're succeeding in life. And I thought that was really deep. And I think probably a lot of people relate to that. So, um, you know, there's a lot there. Um, And, and, um, Some other really big things that we have in common are that what we really want out of life is this sense of inner peace and contentedness, to love and to be loved. And it really kind of comes down to that. And so the question is, why... If what you're seeking now is this sense of inner peace, what is stopping you from having it? And there are so many things holding people back, right? Everything from demands of the family, demands at work, and this consistent um, belief that women share that there is not enough time. There's not enough time in the day to get everything done or to get everything done in the way that they want it done. So for me, um, while there's no quick answer to give right here, and this is something I'm going to talk about a lot more, and I think this will be the ribbon a lot moving forward, woven through many things that I share. But um, I do think it comes down to the willingness to um, make time, because there's always time for the things that you want to do. We all know that. You know, when there are things that are presented to you that you don't want to do, it's easy to say you're busy or to do them begrudgingly because you feel like you have to because they're for your children. But when something really great comes up, usually you can find the time to do it. Or if you don't, you know, you don't do it and you feel frustrated and angry that 
you know, you didn't do it because everyone else's needs are more important. But, you know, my belief truly is that there's time for things that you want to do and that it's about your willingness to make the time and to prioritize yourself in that way, to care about feeling good and to understand that you feeling good is how everyone else's success happens, right? So we all care so much about the people around us and the people we love and wanting them to be okay. And we put them number one. But what we don't think about is that we have to be okay or better than okay in order for them to be as successful as we want them to be. And we mean successful in the sense of like leading happy, fulfilling lives, which is also, by the way, what we want for ourselves. And also, by the way, would we ever want our children or the loved ones in our lives to um, sort of care as little about themselves as we may care about ourselves? Or, you know, we may care deeply about ourselves, but we don't prioritize ourselves. Is that what we want to show the people that we love, that there's no time for them when they grow up? So, yeah, there's a lot there and, um, I'm scratching the surface and, and, um, you know, it just feels important to, as a starting place with talking about all of this more to say that we are all so similar, you know, we're all very literally in our own bubbles right now in our own lives, like at home, not going to museums and movie theaters and dinner with friends and traveling and doing the things that we really want to be doing that are out in the world. Um, but so many of us love to be at home and with our families and for good reason, right? Because we're in our forties. We've spent a long time, hopefully building and creating the families and the lives and the homes that we want. So, you know, if, if they are not something that we enjoy, then that's a, that's a sign of trouble and that something needs to change time for transition in your life. But we're all very literally in our own bubbles here but experiencing and feeling so, so, so many similar things. And I just feel that it's so important that you hear that and that you know that and that we all know that. And it's something that I will continue to share in a bigger way because if we can feel less isolated, number one, with our struggles, and number two, if we can learn more tools for how to take these lives that feel overextended, that feel so challenging, where there's not enough time in the day and where everyone is more important than we are or everyone's needs need to come first. And we learn the tools to come at it a different way and make our needs just as important. We will then see how successful we can be as mothers, as partners, as humans on planet earth. And most importantly, how good our relationships can be with ourselves, which are ultimately the most important relationships that there are, right? If we don't have a good relationship with ourselves, how can we possibly, you know, be there and be the best we can for other people? So, Oh, that was kind of a lot. I took a deep breath. I think I'm going to leave it there today because it's a lot to chew on, honey. Go chew on that. 
Um, I'm so glad to be with you today. And that felt so good to, um, I don't want to say unload that from my heart, but sort of like, just get it all out and leave it here with you because, um, it's just been so meaningful to me to have all these conversations and, um, and I'm going to continue to have more and have some exciting coaching things coming up related to this, um, which you'll find at, at I am Grace Beeson on Instagram. I really am mostly an Instagram person, which, um, seems to be the case for most women who I talk to that that's their preferred platform. So I'm going to stick with that mostly and this here podcast. And, um, I will be back with you again soon, but as I always say, really do make time for yourself today. Even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's in the car alone, in the silence, staring at a wall, or listening to a funny podcast, or doing a chore that you need to do, like walking the dog, but plugging something in and listening to something you want to listen to, or calling a friend, or calling a friend as you fold the laundry. Multitasking is okay. That's what we do. Um, But take 10 minutes for yourself. And I'm sending you so much love and big hugs and so much gratitude for you being here. And um, share with someone else who you think might benefit from this. Okay, bye.